Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody. On Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, the Tridemic. Tridemic. The Tridemic is what they're calling the COVID, whatever that respiratory virus is that's going around, and then the regular flu that is hitting uh, various areas of the country pretty hard, including around here, where our executive producer, Hansen, is homesick. I was sick last week. My kids were sick. Michael was sick for a couple days, and you're back. How are you feeling? I'm better. You I sound mean, I terrible. sound terrible, but I'm feeling better. Did you find out what you have? Or uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, there are a lot of people sick. A lot of people sick at the school. A lot of kids out. That sort of thing. Crank up the music. There we go. So yeah, I guess that's a real thing that uh, our immune systems. Got a couple of years off outside of the COVID. We didn't deal with any of these things floating around, or they were hiding in a room and waiting to attack us for Halloween, or I don't know how it works. I'm not an epidemiologist, but there are a lot more sick people. I feel like I know more people that are out sick now than at any point during the COVID in terms of actually being incapacitated. 
Because, like, how bad did you feel? I felt bad with my sickness. I felt terrible. Yeah, yeah. For a couple days, it was just awful. Yeah, it was not enjoyable. And my kids were really sick and missed school and that sort of stuff. So the tridemic is for real. Whether or not it's, uh, I'm hearing some audio somewhere. Did we? Okay, cool. Um, so anyway, there's that. That is a problem. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we should do about that. I actually brought up the the idea yesterday. Will 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 people ever start wearing masks because of flu season? I mean, I hate wearing masks. Not for political statement reasons. Just. All kinds of reasons. I just I, I don't like having one with me. I don't like the way it feels. I don't like not being able to see other people's faces. But would I have worn a mask to avoid ho- the last week and a half of being sick? Heck yeah! If I'd have known it would have helped. So I wonder wonder how come that hasn't caught on. Anywho, the economic news that has just broken. We'll have to get into later in the show. The U.S. GDP grew by two point six percent in the third quarter. Our economy grew, did not shrink, grew by 2.6%, beating expectations, despite a slowdown in consumer spending during the summer with high inflation and high interest rates and all that sort of stuff. So having had two consecutive quarters of shrinkage, it shrinks, it shrinks. I don't know how you guys walk around with those things. After two consecutive quarters of shrinkage, um, which many people call a recession, but the Biden administration did not. Uh, we now have growth, 2.6% growth, which I'm I'm happy. I want the economy to be good. I don't care who's in charge of the government at the time. I want the economy to be good because I don't want uh, my industry or your industry to start laying people off at high rates of numbers. Anyway, we can dig into those numbers a little bit more later. Look forward to that. I have a number of guests lined up today. Joe is off. He's uh, doing a golf tournament thing that he does every year. But I have quite a few guests lined up on a number of different topics today. Do want to get into the Ukraine conversation as, I don't know if we talked about this or not, there was a letter sent to President Biden by the progressive wing of the Democrats. We've been talking a lot about the coming war in the Republican Party over support for Ukraine and whether or not that's going to happen. have some info on that for you, but... The progressive wing of the Democratic Party, 30 members, signed a letter to Joe Biden saying, hey, this whole Ukraine thing, we're not quite as crazy about it as you are. We uh, we want you to start negotiating and come up with some sort of settlement or something here. And it was a um, poorly written letter by all accounts. I actually haven't read it. Uh, kind of oddly worded. And then it got a lot of blowback very quickly. And they pulled it. They rescinded the letter. But still... The gesture was out there, and you've got roughly the same number of Republicans out there that Kevin McCarthy is talking to, I guess, last week when he said, look, we're not going to give a blank check to Ukraine. He's trying to keep them satisfied. And uh, so that doesn't add up to a heck of a lot of people. If you got 30 Republicans, 30 Democrats, that's 60 out of 435 members of the House, but you know, it grows a little here, grows a little there over a couple of months, and next thing you know, do you have a majority? Maybe you do. Uh, this came out. Let me find this for you. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is working behind the scenes. This was reported by CNN. I saw it this morning. Kevin McCarthy is likely to be the Speaker of the House because the Republicans are almost certainly going to take back the House here in about a week and a half. McCarthy working behind the scenes to smooth over the no blank check to Ukraine comment and make it clear, no, 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 I'm behind, I'm fully behind the effort to support Ukraine and I'm not going to let that get away from us. So 
How big a deal this is, I don't know, but it, it's it's something. It's out there. So we'll get some more information on that. The whole Russia claiming Ukraine is going to use a dirty bomb, and what are they up to there, and why are they evacuating citizens from Kherson as the Russian military and the Ukrainian military might be lining up for a major battle. We'll talk to Mike Lyons about that a little bit later in the program to find out what's going on there. I am happy to see that the economy was growing, though. It says, despite a slowdown in consumer spending, I only have my anecdotal evidence about that, but I'm shocked at how busy restaurants are and how busy Apple stores are and how much traffic there is out there. And uh, and the mall is busy and things like that. Again, that's anecdotal, but I am I am surprised. Um, uh, people might not be spending as much money as they normally did. I know I've pulled back on a number of things, but people aren't hunkered down by any means. Now, over in Europe, the European Central Bank has raised interest rates by another three quarters three quarters of a percentage point. That's what we're expecting our Fed to do here in November. That's the highest level for interest rates in Europe in more than a decade. We're going to do the same thing in the United States. So uh, we're trying to choke off the economies all around the world to try to get on top of this inflation situation, which is awful, absolutely awful. We talked about that yesterday, how much more money you're going to need to retire now than even in a year ago. And, uh, yeah, not good stuff. Um. Another woman came forward accusing Herschel Walker of encouraging her strongly and paying for an abortion. (sighs) He was on Hannity last night. Was it Hannity or Brett Bear? One of the Fox shows, and we can play a couple of clips of that for you. The women sound pretty believable to me. They don't sound like the crackpots that came out of the woodwork to attack Justice Kavanaugh during that whole thing. I don't know if you've ever read or heard any of these women speak and some of the evidence and checks and <clears throat> copies of the checks and stuff like that. You've also got his own family, and I haven't heard anybody, I haven't even heard him really attempt to deny this. His own kids saying, Look, my dad had four kids with four different women and didn't hang around to raise any of them, was always running around with other women. So I don't, I don't think he's even disputing that. So, so that gets to. Um, whether or not anybody cares about character anymore when they're voting, health or character. And I mentioned a poll I saw where about 70% of Americans say they would rather have the R or the D win on their side than be concerned about character or health for their candidate. And that might be what we see with Fetterman in Pennsylvania and Herschel Walker in Georgia to cite a Democrat and Republican that might both be serving in the Senate together. Came across this. This is a Poll from NBC News came across this yesterday. Percentage of Americans who say the opposite party's agenda poses a threat that if not stopped will destroy America as we know it. That's a pretty strong statement. Does the other party pose a threat that if they aren't stopped will destroy America? 81% of Democrats believe that. 79% of Republicans believe that. So I'm guessing within the margin of error, you could call them both 80%. Four out of five Democrats and four out of five Republicans feel that the other party is going to destroy America if they win. Well, if those are the stakes, then yeah, I suppose you don't worry about whether or not the Senate candidate paid for an abortion back in the day or the current guy had a stroke. I guess. 
If all you're wanting is to have his votes, you can get the right Supreme Court justice or whatever. I mean, if you if you if you believe that the other party is out to destroy America, I mean, those are very high stakes. Destroy America, I assume, means destroy America. So that's where we are. That would that that poll right there. I'll be citing that a lot in the coming weeks, months and years, because that poll right there explains a lot. When you got the vast majority of people believe this is the end game for the country. If my party doesn't prevail in an election, then, yeah, you're going to get a high turnout. You're going to get um, very uh, emotional people. And we're going to ignore things like health and character, I assume. That seems to be what's happening. Anyway, a lot more on all those different stories, and we'll dig into those financial numbers, which I'm happy to see the the, the economy is growing again. Um, so all that on the way. Uh, text line is 415295. And again, I, as I said, we got a number of great guests to talk about this, so you don't have to just listen to me. Text line is 415295KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I'm off to a horrible start. So I'm uh, doing the show by myself today. Joe is uh, off. And uh, the first segment, if you didn't hear it, was an abomination for a couple of different reasons. One, the content of what I said, as the New York Times has a completely different version of the same economic numbers. I'll read for you in just a second, and you can decide for yourself. Um, I made a, 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 what Rush Limbaugh used to call the drive-by media, because you just drive by, take a look, and then comment it. I did that on the economic numbers because they came out just before I came on the air. Took a look at a couple paragraphs from Wall Street Journal and then talked about it last segment. Well, the New York Times version, believe it or not, way more pessimistic. Uh, uh, even though normally you would expect them to be cheerleading for their uh, their party being in charge. But I'll tell you about that in a second. But I also didn't start the show officially, which I have to do. I'll be in violation of FCC rules and be in all kinds of trouble. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it get to be already? Can you believe it is Thursday, October the 27th, the year 2022? We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. We begin the show officially at Mark. This is not a good start. Uh, Guys, I want to say happy birthday to Hillary Clinton, who turned 75 today. (laughs) Hillary Clinton. Of course, Hillary got a lot of texts for her birthday, and we actually got a hold of some of them. Vladimir Putin texted, happy birthday. Now smile at microwave clock and wave to me. Um, There are a whole bunch of those that are pretty funny from Jimmy Fallon about uh, Hillary's birthday. We'll play more of those later. But yes, we have officially started the show. And here's the New York Times version of the same rosy story that I presented to you last segment about the uh, the economy and where it is. So um, I mentioned that the economy did grow 2.6%. That's the annualized rate. The quarter rate for growth is 0.6%, but it's growth as opposed to shrinkage. But here's your headline in the New York Times. U.S. economy grew sluggishly in third quarter. Gross domestic product increased 0.6% after two quarters of decline. Key components continue to show an economic slowdown. Completely different. That's the thing with economics, man. You, you can talk to a couple of different economics with the exact same set of numbers, and they will tell you 
completely different things about it. I'm I'm not an economist, so I just I just go by what I hear from people who supposedly know. Economic growth rebounded over the summer, the latest government data shows, but slowing consumer spending and a rapidly weakening weakening housing market mean the report will do little to ease fears of a looming recession, says the New York Times. Shocking that the New York Times are going with kind of a Fox News. Okay, they're up, but that should be up more and they're still thinking there's going to be a recession, which maybe they're right, but usually they 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 go with more of a rosy glow on this stuff. Uh, GDP adjusted for inflation rose 0.6% in the third quarter, a 2.6% annual rate of growth. It was the first increase after two consecutive quarterly retractions, which I would take as pretty good news. But the third quarter figures were skewed by the international trade component, which means something uh, which have showed the recover steadily losing momentum as the year progresses. And here's the big quote that they use in the New York Times about the economic news just out. Ignore the headline number. Growth rates are slowing, says Michael Gapin, chief U.S. economist for Bank of America. It wouldn't take much further slowing from here to tip the economy into recession. I find that fascinating. Now, the Wall Street Journal is pro-business, and maybe they uh, they want to put the rosiest glow on uh, these economic news as they can. Again, it's growth after two quarters of recession. But the New York Times going with a, yeah, it's good, but it's a, don't be fooled. It's still bad. And we still got a recession coming. I hope not. Consumer spending, the bedrock of the U.S. economy, rose just 0.4% in the third quarter, down from a 0.5% increase in the quarter before. As rapid inflation ate away at household spending power, spending on goods fell for the third consecutive quarter, while spending on services slowed but remained positive. So. Uh, the slowdown, though, is going to be welcome news for the Federal Reserve, it says here, obviously, because that's why you raise interest rates. You raise interest rates to put people in enough pain that they won't keep buying stuff, which is the only way you can get inflation to go down. It's horrible. It reminds me of the whole when I had cancer. I, I felt not that bad from the cancer. Then they made me really, really, really sick with the chemotherapy to kill the cancer. It's the only way you can do it. And that's what we're doing with the economy. The economy is bad, and then they make you feel really, really, really bad with the high interest rates to try to get you to stop spending on stuff until they can get the inflation whipped. And, you know, so far, that's the only remedy anybody's ever come up with. Um, and it seems to be working. It's it's making people spend less. I know I know it's making me question every certainly larger purchase that I make. And I'm by large purchase, I mean a package of bacon or a tank of gas, because that is a large purchase. Uh, yeah. Um, so more on that coming up a little bit later. Maybe we can line up some sort of an economist to talk about those numbers and what that means. A lot more information out about the whole John Fetterman debate from the other night and how bad his stroke left him and whether or not he can serve as a U.S. senator. We're going to talk to our old friend Sarah Westwood a little bit about politics coming up. Always like to talk to her. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons to kick off our number three, I guess about the war in Ukraine and what this whole dirty bomb scenario is about and is a giant battle getting lined up as we speak, as both sides prepare for what might be the battle, biggest battle of the war so far. So plenty to discuss today. I hope you can stay with us. The text line is 415-295-KFTC. And if you ever miss an hour of the show, including the abominable first segment of the show, uh, you can get the podcast at Armstrong and Getty On Demand. That's what you look for, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you unhappy with where America's headed? I am, and if you are as well, then I'm the candidate for change. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. You know, Mrs. Dixon says that I kept students out longer than any other state. That's just not true. Kids were out for three months. Pretty sure I just heard an audible gasp around town. We even had schools that were closed this year. You have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important. Uh, just a little montage of some of the big debates that have happened in recent days. Now, that's a charge. Uh, with my opponent, you'll be beaten to death with a hammer. Uh, much to talk about politically, as there always is. We thought we'd have our old friend Sarah Westwood on. She was previously a White House reporter for the CNN. She is currently an investigative reporter with the Washington Examiner. We've been talking to her for years. Sarah Westwood, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. How are you? 
I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm kind of interested in following how everybody is uh, treating the economic news that's just come out, because obviously economic news becomes political news very quickly. But CNN is be, be neutral to positive on it. The Wall Street Journal was pretty positive. The New York Times I just read from was very grim on the very same numbers. That don't get excited, this still means a recession is coming, was the New York Times version of it, which I thought was kind of interesting, but I suppose Biden will be talking to about it at some point today. you have any thoughts on the economic news? I think that there's not a lot of reason for optimism. I mean, whatever boost that the Biden administration would potentially be able to get out of this politically, um, I think is mitigated by people's lived experience. Right. You know, they can't, they can't afford... Uh, you know, the same t- things that they could two years ago, their real income is therefore dropping. And the Biden administration, when they have played up good economic news and when they have focused on their economic agenda, it's actually turned people off because they want to hear Democrats and Republicans, but they want to hear the president speaking to the problems that they're feeling and taking it seriously. And when he cherry picks good numbers to suggest things are better than they are, I think that that can backfire. Yeah, and I know it does on me. If I if if I get gas and go to the grocery store, any rosy talk about the economy doesn't make me happy. Anyway, um, I just brought that up because it was kind of breaking news. You called Fetterman. We played a bunch of clips, just like everybody did, of the Democratic candidate there for the Senate in Pennsylvania who had the stroke. You called Fetterman's performance a disaster. That's a strong word. I think it's an appropriate word for what we saw uh, on Tuesday. I mean, it was at times, you know, quite frankly, painful to watch. Yeah. John Fetterman struggled to keep up with the pace of the debate, to understand the questions, to remember his own policy positions, at least two of which he bungled. I think, you know, obviously there was a strategy behind waiting this long to have the debate if you're the Fetterman campaign, right? They wanted to sort of bank as many early votes as they possibly could before they had it. More than half a million Pennsylvanians have voted already, and the vast majority of those uh, are Democrats. So, you know, potentially the damage from the debate could be somewhat limited. But, yeah, I mean, if, to the extent that his, there were questions about his health before the debate, I think they were answered in a way that's really unflattering for the Fetterman campaign. How much do you, how much do you think it would, how, how much do you think it would affect his ability to be a U.S. senator um, I don't want more brain-addled people in the Senate, but is he worse off than Diane Feinstein or uh, uh, Jesse Helms back was was back in the day? People like that. I mean, the problem is that part of being an effective senator is being able to, you know, speak on the Senate floor, to negotiate with your colleagues, to advocate for your state. Uh, in the media, and those are all things that he can't really do capably. Good point. I mean, it, it is fair for voters to wonder if he would be uh, an effective advocate for Pennsylvania if he would struggle so much on all of the, you know, the, the public-facing parts of the job. And, you know, this, this attempt by the media to shield him from criticism because he's had a health problem. Obviously, everyone who watched him felt sympathy for him and, and had, you know, empathy and, and could relate to their own relatives having health challenges, but elections are about determining fitness for office, and so it's a completely fair question to ask whether he's physically capable of doing the job. Yeah, that that uh, NBC reporter that said he struggled to make small talk before the interview, and, you know, she got beat up for that pretty bad by the uh, left-leaning media for saying something so awful about him, but um, from watching C-SPAN over the years, it looks like there's a lot of 
quick little conversations that happen among senators there, like when they're voting and all that sort of stuff. And he wouldn't be able to do that. Right. I mean, that's that's an important part of doing the job beyond just the fact that you have to represent the state to the public in the sort of forums that he struggled with. But but, yeah, deliberating with your colleagues, being able to strike deals, being able to participate in committee hearings, uh, closed door and uh, public. You know, those are all things that are required of a senator that would be very difficult given his recovery. That's not to say that he could never do the job years in the future, but he's going to be expected to do it come January. And, you know, again, voters who may not have been tuned into the race, but who are seeing clips of the debate and watching coverage of it may be cluing in on just how bad his health problems are for the first time. They have obviously many Pennsylvania voters not been following the whole ableism debate and the navel-gazing media story about the NBC reporter who made that clip about small talk. But they're certainly tuned into his health problems now. So you have your ear to the ground there. Um, I've heard a couple of national reporters say pretty much two days after the election. So we'll have the election. We'll have the results the next day. Um, some of them. A lot of them. And uh, But then we're on to 2024 quickly. And the conversations are going to be start to leak out about Joe Biden's ability to finish out his term and whether or not Kamala Harris... Uh, should be uh, the candidate, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that's the case, that that we're going to go presidential politics really quick? I do. That's typically how it happens, right? And if, as expected, Republicans take one or both uh, chambers of Congress, then Joe Biden has sort of the ability to announce and, and open up the Democratic primary field that he's not going to run because it won't matter if he gives up some of his political capital by becoming a lame duck president if uh, Republicans control Congress and he can't get anything done. Right. So I do think you'll, you'll see that announcement sooner rather than later because Democrats don't have a natural next successor, and they really need that time to okay, suck well, one out. Well, well, so well, wait a second here, sir. You seem to be... You, you seem to be implying that in your mind or in your world of people you talk to, that's a done deal. He's going to do that, you think? I think there's an expectation that really okay, it's more likely than not. Yeah. Oh wow! And 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 so the the next step would be he opens up the field. So would he make some sort of speech where he says, "I just think it'd be good for the country to have a good, you know, uh, uh, vigorous debate about who should be the next president," kind of overlooking his vice president. You know, it's sort of a uh, something that hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. So it's really hard to see exactly what would be the most politically strategic way to do that. If I was a Democratic advisor, I would say I think that the for the good of the party and for someone who is in his twilight years in it would announce that he's not running as the other Republican candidates start to launch their campaigns, which you'll start to see next summer, right? Summer 2023, fall 2023, you'll see these candidates who have been sort of preparing start to to formally jump into the race. That would be a time for Joe Biden to sort of step aside and let Democrats do the same thing. If he knows he's not going to run and and continues to maintain the pretense that he is, he sort of freezes the field and he lets Republicans be out there getting all the oxygen, pushing their message and not allowing Democrats to do the same thing. That's not really setting up uh, a a smooth transition to another Democratic president. 
the most bipartisan consensus we've had on anything in so many years is the war in Ukraine. Is it starting to fracture? You had 30 progressive Democrats this week send a letter to Joe Biden saying, hey, hey, let's tap the brakes on this whole Ukraine thing. You had Kevin McCarthy last week say no blank check. Now, the Democrat uh, progressives pulled their letter. McCarthy, according to CNN yesterday, is behind the scenes trying to reassure people. That uh, no 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 will continue to fund re- Ukraine. How how bipartisan is the support still for Ukraine at this point? I think in the mainstream it's still relatively bipartisan, but there is and there has been a chorus of conservative House members who think that sending so much aid to Ukraine and seeing so little return is not worth it. And in a Republican Congress, you know, a group like the House Freedom Caucus, for example, a a voting bloc of conservative members would wield a lot of influence on that issue. They could put pressure on a on a then speaker, Kevin McCarthy, not to continue the funding. Um, It's certainly a populist position, right, to say that that funding should be directed within the United States when people are struggling instead of being sent to Ukraine. So I do think in a Republican House, you would see pressure on a speaker not to proceed with more aid. How certain is it everybody, including me, talks about Kevin McCarthy being the speaker as if it's a done deal? Is it pretty much a done deal? Uh, We actually have known Kevin McCarthy since he was an assemblyman from the Bakersfield area when we were all much, much younger. He'll be the most powerful person I've ever actually known if he becomes speaker. But is he a um, uh, pretty much a done deal? You know, it seems that way. There's no natural challenger. The Freedom Caucus. Um, would be, you know, ha- has historically been the only real threat to the ascendant speaker, you know, majority leader. And um, and they have not threatened to withhold support. They've sort of vaguely said if some of their demands about process and committee assignments aren't met, they would consider it. But then who would they back, right? There's no one right now in the conference who has as broad of an appeal as Kevin McCarthy. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty much a lock, but anything can happen. Right. Sarah Westwood is the investigative reporter for the Washington Examiner. You're a reporter. Do you make predictions, or is that something uncool for uh, for uh, reporters? You know, I've been horrifically burned by making predictions. <laughs> in the As we have all. I said, in what, do you know what year I said that about eating my truck, Michael? It was a long, long time ago. I think it was like 2012. Yeah, I think so. For some reason, so Mitt Romney went to Trump Tower to basically get Donald Trump's approval to, you know, be the nominee or something like that. And, and I just, I thought it was ridiculous. Why, why do people care what Donald Trump thinks? Donald Trump's never going to be anything in the Republican Party, blah, 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 blah. I said, I'll eat my truck if he's ever the nominee of the Republican Party. And, uh, and I, I don't know if you follow the newspapers, but how that turned out. Anyway, so yeah, that's a pretty bad burn. People regularly, almost every day somebody says, hey, did you eat your truck yet? Like, you know, like in the grocery store parking lot or something. So yeah, I understand... Making predictions, and now they can come back to burn you. But and it's Trump again. Trump going to announce he's running or not, do you think? That is the hardest question to answer. I think most Republicans, pretty much all of them in Washington, are really hoping he does not. I think his base is so eroded by the way he's behaved since 2020 that you know, I don't know if that path to the nomination would still be there, especially when there's some really exciting populist alternatives for conservatives like 
um, a Ron DeSantis. And keep in mind, we're going to have another crop of Republican stars sure. come out of this election. I mean, Obama ran for president successfully after winning in you know the midterms right before. So you're going to have Good people point. like all over the country who who could who could emerge. I'm amazed that 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 Trump won't pivot away from uh, the election being stolen. Carrie Lake, who is seen as a Trump protege, she's she gets asked that on a debate stage. She immediately pivots the economy or CRT in schools. If Trump did the same thing, I think he'd get elected president, but he wants to stay with the election. That's right. And I think that's frustrating for a lot of Republicans. And you've seen that there's a path forward uh, for, for people who sort of distance themselves from Trump and reject the uh, election language, like Brian Kemp in Georgia, for example. And so, you know, I, I don't know that, that Trump is the future of the party anymore. Um, like talking to you about politics, Sarah Westwood. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, and and right, it's normal after the midterms, immediately people start to chatter about the next presidential election. But usually that's just, like, if you're really into politics, you're going to talk about it. Normal people aren't going to. I think like everything the last couple election cycles, we're going to see record turnout, but b- b- just blow away every record for any midterm that has ever happened in this nation's history uh, coming up here in about a week and a half. And and people are going to be very interested in the whole is Joe Biden stepping down, blah, 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 is Trump running? I, it's it's going to be ridiculous. And uh, we'll follow it for you. Um, much more on the way. Stay with us. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. 
Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, well, there's a lot of bad things going on in the news right now, but it looks like they solved at least one pressing issue. Watch this. Well, you've heard about horseshoes, but what about horse sneakers? A new company called Horse Kicks is now selling high-end sneakers made just for horses. You'll find lots of the major brands like New Balance and Nike Air Jordans. You can even get your horse sneakers to match your own. <laughs> Uh, they, they have horse sneakers from Nike, New Balance, and uh, even those gross toe shoes that everyone's embarrassed to wear in public. <laughs> <laughs> they don't wear them in public, only at home. <laughs> I see people wearing those gross toe shoes now and then. Uh, I am a horse owner. I've owned a horse for, what, most of the last 15 years? And uh, we are not going to be getting uh, tennis shoes for our horses. Not a plan. Kanye is uh, not texting, but Instagramming. He just Instagrammed, hey, y'all still here? I lost $2 billion in one day. (laughs) What an interesting post. I lost $2 billion in one day. Yeah, so Kanye showed up at a shoe company yesterday trying to get his Yeezys going again. We'll have to do that story a little bit later. What a nut. A couple things I wanted to mention for you. Oh, yeah, speaking of people doing, you know, stunts. I don't think Elon Musk is crazy in the same way that poor Kanye is, but Elon showed up to Twitter yesterday, speaking of Twitter, with a sink. Did you see that? He's walking through the hallway with a sink, and he recorded it, and he uh, posted it himself for some reason, and um, and apparently it looks like he is actually going to be taking over Twitter, so uh, he posted a video about it. it. Where's the actual headline? I can't find it here. Um, what did he say? It was a sink-related pun, which I guess passes for humor. So, somebody can, did, did you, does anybody know Alex, Michael, do you know that? Um, I've got it here, and I can't find the note. Anyway, I'll uh, come up with that story for you. I was happy to hear this. Apple announced that the iPhones are going to switch over to the USB-C charger for its upcoming iPhone devices. So the chargers that you have that work on everything but your freaking iPhone will now work on the iPhone. And I was talking to Alex about this. He thinks Europe forced their hand as much as the rest of the world is practically gone to forced everything to go to USB-C chargers. Now, we have more of a free market way of dealing with things, which I like. But I would personally like it if we all just decided on a single kind of charger and every device, you know, was that charger Um, uh, and let the best charger win. But maybe the best charger is winning, and it's the C charger. Now, the C charger, if you don't know, like for my kids' Nintendo Switches, that's the C. For my kids' uh, laptops that they use at school, their Chromebooks and stuff like that, that's the C charger. All your Samsung phones and stuff like that, that's the C charger. Apple has their own unique little charger, which I'm surprised they're willing to give up because they get to charge you 80 bucks for one if you want to go out and buy the Apple brand of it every time you need a new charger for your iPhone. But they're going to go to the C charger's next phone, so happy to hear about that. Uh, oh, so Elon shows up walking with a sink 
through the lobby of the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco and says something like, I'm going to run Twitter. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. And I'm carrying a sink in. So I guess that was the punter, the point he was drive, trying to drive home. And, uh, many employees at Twitter, thousands of employees have signed on to a letter saying that they are going to quit or boycott or riot or I don't know what they're going to do if uh, if Elon takes over. Um, so I, I have a feeling that Elon will let you go and just hire different people. But good luck with that. Give it a whirl. We're going to talk to David Drucker, another old friend of the Armstrong and Getty show about some different political questions to kick off hour two. If you don't get that, you can get in podcast form by just looking for Armstrong and Getty on demand. We have some more fallout from Fetterman. Um, uh, need to dig more into those economic numbers that have just come out to try to figure out how good or not they are. Wall Street Journal says it's pretty good. The New York Times says it's pretty bad and a recession is looming. I don't know which is true, and they might both be guessing. Again, if you miss an hour of the show, Armstrong and Getty on demand is what you look for. Multiple guests coming up to kick off hour three. We'll talk to Mike Lyons about the whole dirty bomb Ukraine situation. Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.